Mondays on Radio 191FM. Tēnā koutou i tēnei ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 te reo irirangi kotahi news headlines for Ramere, June 3rd. Ko seneina tēnei. The New Zealand government has confirmed plans to build a $685 million cycling and walking bridge across the Waitemata Harbour. New Zealand Herald reports. The project is expected to take five years to build and will become part of the Northern Pathway, which will extend cycling and walking routes to the North Shore, Takapuna and North Coat. Transport Minister Michael Wood said that it will be purpose-designed quality option and have an outstanding piece of tourism infrastructure. The bridge will also provide alternative modes of transport across the harbour and help reduce congestion on our Auckland roads. The plan has been revealed just five days after around a 1,000 cyclists rode to the bridge on Sunday morning to protest for a three-month cycle lane trial on the bridge. Two of the car lanes were temporarily closed due to the protest to allow cyclists to ride on the bridge. The cycle bridge plans to be built from 2022. Until then, there have been plans put in place to potentially open up one of the lanes to cyclists. Unipol's refund policy for student general admissions is only viable for one week after purchase. The Otago University and Polytechnic Recreational Facility offers refunds to students who forget to bring their ID for gym entry. When a student has no ID to show, they pay a $12 general admission fee to use the facilities. The student is able to claim a full refund of the $12 if they present their ID card to Unipol before a week has passed. Imrik, a student from Otago, wishes he spent his money elsewhere. Um, yeah, I like put on my jacket pocket and I just forgot about it because I was silly. Um, and then I just didn't do it within the week. So I, I you know, lost $12, could have spent it on some yummy pizza, but that's life. Exam period is a busy time for Otago University students. The libraries on campus are highly popular, and if you wish to find a seat past 11am, I can tell you that after a rigorous scientific process, St Dave's is your best bet. I went out every morning this week to scout out what areas of campus are the best places to rush to in the early morning hustle and bustle. I started with Robertson Library. Hi everyone, Um, I'm currently in Robertson Library and it is 8.09 in the morning. It's um, it's very busy upstairs. I've just taken a walk around and there's all the cubicles are all full. But downstairs near the computer area, it's pretty free. So I reckon that it will stay like this for a while. Just checking in. Um, it's actually 10 to 10 and there's still seats downstairs at Robertson. So pretty good so far. Thursday morning, I felt brave and wandered the floors of Central Library. Central Library is a tricky one. If you want to find a secluded spot with minimal walking traffic, be there at 8.33am at the latest. Also, Science Fact 101, heat rises. Therefore, to avoid the hot and sweaty second floor, get to uni before 9am. Okay, I'm currently at Central Library and I'm whispering really quietly right now because a lot of people are staring. (laughs) Um, I'm in this on the first floor and it's pretty busy, not going to lie. It's 10 to 9 and I struggle to get a seat right now you'd probably have to come by yourself and the only seats that are really available is upstairs i've just been up there and it's so warm so wouldn't recommend okay overall shout out to saint david's i arrived at 11 30 a.m on a wednesday morning there are many seats available with charging points it has a fresh luxurious feel 
I also love that you can perch yourself right next to the floor to ceiling windows and shamelessly people watch. There is also a cafe downstairs if you need a snack. So maybe the early bird doesn't always get the worm. P.S. If you're a crammer, come hang out at St. David's past 9pm. It's busy and open all night. Everyone there is also cramming, so you feel like you have some supportive buddies. Each year, international fees increase for Otago University students. On June the 8th, a silent protest against the increase of prices will take place. Radio 1 spoke to OUSA International Student Representative Geraldi Ryan. Um, for those of you who are unaware of it, um, the international student fees has been increasing annually and in comparison with the domestic fees, it has been um, four times the amount that international students have to pay for it. So it's a huge a gap. Yeah, a lot. Um, yeah, so with that being said, the increase has just made it a lot of struggle for international students, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, um, and then with that being said, um, the proposal also mentions that it will um, average out on the market on the Australasia region. And the reason why we find concerns on that is mainly because um, it will create inequity of opportunities for international students to study. So we are worried about that as well. And how is the university's treatment making international students feel? Um, there's a lot of like I will admit there's a lot of support in terms of like there's international student advisors there's OUSA student support um, there's clubs and societies there's cultural clubs where um, international students may feel welcomed um, although that's there it's um, it doesn't really help that the fees increase of fees make them feel supported because it um, like the reason why they're able to get into the universities because of the degree and you know the money that they pay to get into the um, degree so those two factors are like stressing on the students and with a further stress on increase it just makes them feel like not supported in that way yeah sure there's like cultural clubs there's like university staff that gives like welfare support um but at the same time, the fees doesn't do justice on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why it's been taken to the university council because, um, yeah, I think it's just a final agreement. That's what I think it is. So yes, the, pro- the silent process is going to happen on the 8th of June from 1.30. It'll be happening like only 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. just because that's the, the only public part of the meeting. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's silent is because members of the public who attended the council uh, meeting are expected to be quiet. They have no speaking rights. The reason why we have the silent protest is because um, we want to show the number of international students who are unhappy about the proposal, as well as like some domestic students who actually do care about international students. Geraldi discussed how many international students don't get to fly home like domestic students do to see their families. So it's really important to show your support on June the 8th. The Radio 1 News presents Today in History. Every weekday we're bringing you a knowledge blast from the past and covering an historical event right here on the Radio 1 News. Today's history segment. On this day, June 4th, in 1919, the 19th Amendment, which was passed by Congress, legally guaranteed American women the right to vote. In 1807, every state constitution had denied women even limited suffrage. Pro-suffrage organisations argued with the Supreme Court and were denied change to previous amendments. 
1878, activists like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Statton called for a new constitutional amendment, granting women equal right to vote. The shift of the public's perception on women's suffrage started in the West and by 1919 it was deemed legal in all states. However, in 1965, the Voting Rights Act had several southern and western states carry out voter registration procedures, whose primary process was to deny the vote of black, Latino and Native American citizens. This process involved an enrollment literacy test to assess voters' ability to read and write. At the same time, American citizens needed money to vote. Voting tax was enforced and only officially abolished at the end of the 1970s. There are still challenges today to vote. The election laws in many states are marked by blatant discrimination and racism, and the threat of violence against women in America and people of colour is still present, and many people feel unsafe when voting. The Radio 1 Fashion Report. For Friday's fashion review, Bed Threads Linen takes the win. Bed Threads is an Australian company that sells flax linen, bath towels, sleepwear, and homeware. The company launched in 2017 with the goal to produce eco-friendly coloured flax linen that contains no harsh chemicals. The founders Genevieve and Alan have created 22 different colours which include a burnt orange rust, sage, terracotta and a beautiful lavender. I have recently just purchased their Make Your Own Bundle where I could select any colours I liked to make up a cosy bedspread. One thing I like about this linen is that I keep cool in the summer and warm in the winter. The bedding is easy to wash and dry and feels super smooth and delicate. I would highly recommend checking their website and Instagram page for more info. And that's this week's new segment on Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi, Radio 1. Now let's head to today's weather from my mum. The Radio 1 91 FM weather. Hello, I'm Selena's mum and I'm in Dunedin. Today it's going to be mostly cloudy. We've got a high of 13 degrees and a low of 9 degrees later on. We've also got an 80% chance of rain tomorrow, I'm afraid. So I hope you're all having a wonderful day. And I am sorry that some of you are going to be working hard for the exams coming up. All the very best. Bye for now. And that was your Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi Radio 1 weather.